The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Welcome in to this week's episode of the Sports Scramble Podcast, brought to you by Belly Up Sports, live from all over the country in Germany. Uh, the Gulf South. We have we have listeners in Germany now. Uh, I don't know if they understand what we're saying, but uh, anybody know any German? Say hello no. to them. I mean, English is probably like sixty forty in terms of percent of the the population speaking. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were uh, they were watching because. Uh, the Titans and whoever they played played Germany this week. Ravens. Yeah, I mean, so we had two in London and two in Germany, or one in Germany. Is that how it went, Tyler? Is that? Uh, how we have uh, two in Germany, I believe. They're coming up in uh, November. Yeah, Frankfurt. Oh, maybe. Uh, well, I think the Titans' offense was just there for Oktoberfest uh, because they did not show up, but. Uh, yeah, this week, anybody delve into the Oktoberfest activities in your hometown, Wade? I know you like a good <laughs> brew. Did you did you check yeah, out? Yeah, if you count uh, Miller Lite at an LSU tailgate. <laughs> I mean, I would count it. That's that's brew, and it's October, and it's uh, drinking. It's the same thing. And, and LSU uh, poured down the Auburn's hopes of winnings. I don't know, some, some beer, uh, beer lingo there for you. But uh, we'll get into all that, but... Welcome in to this week's live stream of, of the show. If you're here, hit that subscribe button. Drop a comment for your favorite game from the weekend and your most upsetting one. Uh, if your team didn't win, let us know. Uh, we'll make sure to get. We'll make sure to give you our analysis on how they can turn their season around. Unless you're Texas A&M, that answer is just fire Jimbo Fisher and keep on rolling. So uh, we usually start with NFL talk, but I just mentioned Jimbo Fisher. Tyler, is it is it time for Jimbo to be done in College Station? Yeah, we hinted at this a little bit on yesterday's show. Uh, it's about time. I mean, it's been too many years. Like the one good year that Jimbo and Texas A and M had was in 2020. Uh, that was about uh, really their best chance to make it to the college football playoff. If you remember, though, Notre Dame uh, got the bid over them. But outside of that, it's been eight and four, eight and four, eight and all these five star recruits, but can't really coach them. You know, all the Texas A&M fans uh, were trying to say that, you know, Jimbo Fisher, the offense, uh, the struggles were on. And what does Jimbo try to do? He hires uh, Bobby Petrino. We talked about in the early great weeks hire. of the season. Great hire. Like how great of a hire it was. And, you know, their offense was rolling. Uh, they scored over 40 points against Miami. And then outside of that game, they've really struggled. Max Johnson threw two interceptions that really – so they're paying that much money for a guy. He's just not really providing what Texas A&M should be, especially with Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference. Yeah, I think it's about time that Jimbo is gone. Yeah, I mean, they're going to start losing that recruiting battle pretty early uh, come next season with Texas and Oklahoma coming in. I mean, if you want – if I think A&M knew what they were doing, right? You had – who was their quarterback uh, that just got hurt? The, Connor so, Wagman. Connor what? Yeah, him. Um, they probably told him, like, look, dude, you can come back, fractured your foot, 
stay out for a little bit because Max Johnson Johnson is a coach killer. He killed Coach O's career. But we're going to put that blame on Max Johnson, not Coach O chasing co-eds in practice. Um, he's a uh, – but now they're like, look, let Max tank Jimbo's career here, you know, throw it backwards passes, two interceptions when they could have won the game. Uh, and eventually they'll just – they're just going to write the – Write the check. Wait, do you know how much it is at this point? I think it was like I mean, $70 million dollars last it, year. It keeps getting lower every year. Uh, so no. it's kind of like paying off a, a car. And at this point, you're already eyeing the next model. And you're just like, hey, do I just make the last year's worth of payments before I hit the dealership and upgrade? I think that's kind of where they're at. Because like you said, next year is critical. You got Texas and Oklahoma joining. That's your recruiting hotbed. And honestly, both of those programs are in better shape than A&M right now. So Jimbo better get on one heck of a run to finish out the year. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma are fighting for the top spot, the Big Ten, uh, in their last year there. So it's it's dicey. If I'm A&M, I'm just cutting that check, say, where do I sign? Give them the coach-o treatment, send them all down to Destin, Florida, have them hang out and, uh, you know, coach like high school kids or something. Uh, looking around the league, SEC wise, uh, in this week, this past week, we had LSU get right against Auburn, absolute dominant performance. Um, you know they beat them by thirty. It's Auburn's offense, so I don't want to be too high on our defense, right? Uh, but they've looked much better than they did a couple weeks ago uh, when you played a team like Ole Miss. Uh, Georgia held on against Vanderbilt. It was I turned on the TV. I was like, 30-20? What the hell's going on? And then it ends up being I was like, hey, it's 30-7. to 7. I feel good. And then I saw it was 30-14. Yeah. to 14. I was like, even better. And then 30-20. to 20. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, Vanderbilt's got some life. Brock Bowers is hurt. I mean, that's their entire offense. Tyler, you said it. They're, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do on offense for performance now. Yeah, so, I, they're going to going to have to find somebody you know they got Dejon Edwards he's their leading rusher uh but if you really look at Georgia's schedule you know you got the bye week and then after that you have Florida and then you know you got to go on the road to Tennessee and you still have to face against Missouri uh, so you got to find your offense uh, somebody's gonna have to step up one of your wide receivers I think that Rob Thomas is probably the guy that you need to be uh stepping up uh, so yeah I think you know Definitely not going to be easy. Uh, we don't know the exact timetable. He got surgery today. It was a high ankle sprain, uh, so we'll see how long he's out. If it's a you know four or six week injury, that's definitely going to hurt. They're moving down the line, especially uh, with tough games left to play. Yeah, you said they play Florida in a couple of weeks. The Gators pulled off a narrow victory down there in in, uh, in South Carolina, forty one thirty nine, win by two. Uh, that was a comeback bid, wasn't it? Wasn't South Carolina win the majority of the game? Yes. I'm trying to look at the uh, – Yeah, they were up uh, going into the fourth quarter. And then Ricky Pearsall um, capped off a Florida drive with just a couple minutes left in the game. He had 166 yards. So, Dang. Uh, to warm yeah. up, South Carolina secondary just doesn't look very good. Graham Mertz yeah. with – 423 passing yards and three touchdowns. He comes down to Baton Rouge to play the Tigers in a couple weeks. Actually, the week after Bama. So, I mean, I'm just looking optimistic here, right? LSU's got two losses. The chances are very slim. But if you win out and some things fall into place, some teams lose, you win an SEC championship game, very dominated. Lots to happen, Chet. <laughs> it happened in 2007. That's the only reason I'm saying it. But a lot to happen. But you can't overlook – a Florida team after you play Alabama because you tend to leave Tuscaloosa nursing some injuries. That's a that's a physical game. 
So uh, that's a that's a game to circle if you're a Florida fan. It's a potential upset right there. Uh, Tennessee squeaking out a win against AM. They're going to take on Alabama uh, next week. So that's going to be this could be an interesting game. I mean, last week it was like game or last year game of the year. Now the quarterback talent has dropped off immensely in that game. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. And then rounding off the uh, SEC for this week, my upset pick that was correct. Missouri knocking off the Wildcats 38-21. to 21. Uh, They started it off with a fake punt. They were down 14-0. Missouri pulls a fake punt to score seven points, and then the floodgates opened. They were, they were unstoppable from there. So that's kind of a, a preview from the SEC. Looking around uh, just college football in general, Washington, Oregon, game of the year, came down to the final uh, seconds. Um, Oregon missed that that field goal when and they there was a lot of questionable coaching calls. Right, it's fourth down at your fifty. Do you do you go for it or do you punt, Wade? What would you have done in that situation? Uh, I understand what Dan Lenning was trying to do and just putting the the game on the line in his offensive hands and just ice them really. But I think you got to play it traditional there and punt. Um. I know that Washington had been moving the ball well, and and you got Michael Penix, but Oregon's shown that they can have a good defense as well, and I would give them a chance to, you know, get a stop. But at that point, all Washington really needed was a first down to get in the field goal range. I can't remember how much they were down by, but they ended up getting the touchdown. Didn't right, matter. They were down four. Yeah, so I guess the field goal wasn't in play. Um, but then even after all that, like you said, they did have one more chance. Not even that long of a field goal. We see it every year. Uh, you know, a, a contender misses a field goal that could send a game to overtime or to win it. It's always heartbreaking because these aren't NFL kickers. These are probably some of the last guys on the team to get scholarships. Some of them even aren't on scholarships. So I hate seeing it come down to a kicker. I almost never root against a college kicker because that's just hard to do. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's heartbreaking there. I mean, there were some people on Twitter that saying the kicker position should be eliminated completely. No, Tyler, what do you think about game. that? I, I, that? That's an argument with Tyler. Because they were saying one guy cost the entire 52-man team or 22 starters and coach. This was more for an NFL argument, but I guess it applies. No different than throwing an interception as a quarterback yeah. or fumbling the ball. or it's just part of the game. Yeah, but I guess the quarterback, if he throws one pick, it couldn't – I mean, it could end up being the game-changing play, but this is like do or die, you score these points, it's done. Uh, I don't think that it should be eliminated, but I just thought that was pretty interesting. But the one common trend across all 32 NFL teams this year, their kicker, assuming he does play all 17 games and they don't switch kickers, will be the leading scorer on that football team. So – just the little points, they just add up, you know. PATs, you take that for granted. Uh, you know, chip shot field goals every now and then. It's just that so often we see it come down to the to the wire and then oh, we blame the kicker, but they do a lot to keep the team in the ball game throughout the throughout the uh season. And I I don't know. I I'm a football purist. I like to see all the positions. I think if we had Jacob on the show, he just said Kick the kicker off the field, eliminate them. So, well, you uh, know, some of these fantasy gurus have gotten rid of kickers in fantasy football, and I think you got to keep them in fantasy. Yeah, it's just part of the the luck, you know. Like, 
make or break a game. Just you get 15 out of your kicker and might bail out a running back getting running hurt back. or something. Exactly. It bailed out Debo Samuel not showing up or getting hurt in like the first two plays um, for me, but I'm still going to end up losing that matchup. We don't want to talk about that. You also uh, got in a fist fight right before kickoff. Yeah, so way to go, Debo. Maybe not throw with your shoulder next time. Hit him, like kick him or something. I mean, <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah, as long as you're not the kicker. about kickers. Exactly. Kickers can't kick people. Uh, but Tyler, if hypothetical here, you know Washington's undefeated. Oregon's got one loss. They meet the Pac-12 doesn't do divisions anymore in their championship game, right? It's yeah, it's the top two. So I. I still think those are the top two, especially after watching USC get absolutely yeah. raced by the game. Um, you still have Utah, but I mean, everybody's kind of forgotten about Utah at this point. Oregon, Washington play. They have a loss as well. Yeah, so or say Oregon beats Washington. If you put an under a one loss Washington team in the championship in the playoffs or a Pac twelve yeah. champion, Oregon. Yeah, I think the winner of the Pac-12, really, if you look at their strength of schedule, it's the best out of, of anybody. And the Big Ten, if you look at the top three teams, uh, they haven't really played anybody. You know, in the SEC, it, it's probably going to come down, you know, if they even get in because, like, the SEC right now is in jeopardy, especially, you know, with the way that George has been looking. At, um, so I think, you know, I wouldn't also count out Oregon State. I know that Oregon State uh, has one sure, loss, so sure. they're looking pretty good. Washington State was the talk of the town, and then Arizona beat them to a pulp this weekend, 44-6. to So uh, so yeah. I think right now I would probably eliminate USC, especially the way that they looked against Notre Dame. Uh, they definitely have some tough tasks. I said in the beginning Washington was my team. I had them winning it all. I still believe that, especially the way that Michael Penix is playing. I think that their defense is good enough. I mean, they have – some really talented wide receivers. Oregon's defense really had no answer. So I think you see this matchup once again, uh, but I'm going to take uh, UW to still take the Pac-12. I think, yeah. I think if Oregon gets another shot at him, I'd still pick Washington uh, just because I actually, like you said, I had Michael Penix to take the Heisman uh, this year. That's my pick. Even though I'm texting Wade throughout the day trying to figure out how to put some money on Jane Daniels, uh, <laughs> but I have money out there on, on Michael Penix. Uh, it's big pe- Penix time. You picked the uh, wrong Pac-12 quarterback at the start of the season. Yes, you backed Shadur yeah, early on. I bought it to the hype. That one the Penix well. odds were longer. Yes, <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> but the. Uh, I mean, it, what a time for the Pac-12 to figure out that they want to actually play football and be in the playoff hunt uh, for their last year. So my question to you, Wade, is is the Pac-12 the best conference right now? I mean, these things have a way of working out like this. Uh, ironically, you know, the conference is about to go away, and here they are having just a resurgence as a group. Uh, you got three top 15 teams. You got Utah kind of on the fringe there. Um, so yeah, I think that right now this conference does have the best overall resume. I think you can make an argument for the big 10, um, but we haven't seen them play each other yet. We'll see that this week with Penn state and, and Ohio state facing off. But now that we've seen Washington and Oregon face off, they both look like the real deal look like top 10 teams. So right now, yeah, I'll give the, uh, the nod to the PAC 12. I mean, we are an SEC bias show, as it says in our intro. But Tyler, do you agree with Wade? Or are you going Big Ten? Somebody else? No, I think the Pac-12 right now uh, is the best conference. You know, in the SEC, it's like 
a two horse or maybe a three horse race. So you know, LSU still the mix. We'll see how long that lasts. You know, the Big Ten, they'll probably beat each other up too. You know, Penn State, Ohio State, like Wade mentioned, is going to play, uh, and then Michigan uh, will play both of those teams. Uh, so, and maybe you know, surprisingly, I think that Iowa has a realistic shot of going eleven and one. If you really look at the rest of their schedule, it's definitely a chance. I know it would be bizarre, but they have one of the easiest remaining schedules. And then the ACC, it feels like also it's a two-team race. We'll see if Duke can pull off a shocker and tell against Florida State, but it feels like Florida State and North Carolina is just on a collision course. Uh, but I think from top to bottom, you you got to give it 12. Uh, you know, I know that USC got exposed this weekend against mm-hmm. Notre Dame, but outside of that, Oregon State's been looking good. Oregon and Washington aren't really going to go anywhere, and Utah has a, a really good chance. Uh, they head on the road uh, to face off against USC. So if Utah wins, and keep in mind, Utah hasn't had their starting quarterback the whole entire season. They've been at the, going through. Yeah, when a lot is he coming back? I don't know when he's coming back. Like it, by this rate, he's just going to miss the season, and hopefully, he has another year eligibility to come back. Uh, but I don't I know. Don't the Utah so. defense is keeping them in it. Uh, so I think from top to bottom, you got to say that the Pac-12 is the best conference. And from their last year, they're sure uh, going out with a bang. Yeah, it's uh, like Wade said, these things have a funny way of working out. Um, and I saw a post on Twitter, and we'll, we don't have to give it too much, you know, debate because it was honestly comical. They, this guy said that 2023 Washington is 2019 LSU. You got a Heisman winner reporter. Was it Aaron Murray? I, I saw the same thing. Yes, it was Aaron Murray. Uh, I think he's just an LSU hater because he went to Georgia. I but, don't know. Yeah. Tyler and I met him last year. He was very complimentary of uh, of the Tigers, but he's just trying to drum up likes and views. And Well, and that's why I'm asking the question right now, because I'm going to make this into a TikTok. So 2019 LSU, 2023 Washington. Who do you take and why? All right, I'll hit it first. Uh, I would take LSU. I mean, obviously. I mean, we're... I get the similarities of it. Go ahead. Oh, we had some I'm delay here. <laughs> I think we both hey, started wait, talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would take 2023. Uh, I would take 2019 LSU, maybe 2023 LSU too. But um, yeah, I just think that uh, Michael Penix, he's having a great season. No disrespect to him, but I do think that Joe Burrow probably had the single greatest season of all time. Plus, he had Jamar Chase. Terrace Marshall and Justin Jefferson. I know that Washington has a lot of talent on the perimeter too, but uh, just seeing it with my own eyes, I got to go with that LSU team. I can't name a Washington receiver, and that might just be because I haven't watched a ton of their games, but I couldn't tell you who their top two wide receivers are. I I think you will by April when that draft rolls around. He's he's the real deal. But I guess my point is the reach that 2019 LSU had Right. I mean, they were viral every week. The LSU had the hype videos going. Uh, everybody knew who Justin Jefferson was. It just like kind of blew up is my thing. And I think Washington's a great team. But I think influence wise on my side, I'm going to agree with you, Wade. I'm going to say 2019 LSU. Let's see if Tyler's got separate point. I know, Fudge, if you were here, you would pick 2023 Washington. Just yes, to disagree with us. You would pick Tyler, 2023 Penn State. Yes, he would pick 2023 Penn State. Tyler, pick the, tell us why Washington would be your, 
be your pick. I mean, I get the similar an alternate. But I think that he was more on emphasis that you have an all-star quarterback, you have really two talented wide receivers, and then you have a good enough defense. I think that was more that what he was trying to say and not compare that. 2023 Washington is better than 2019 LSU because nobody in their right mind is going to be better than that 2019 LSU team. If you look at all the talent and this Washington team, they still have a improve on their schedule. It's not like Oregon was like their Super Bowl. They still have a long way to go. They have a road test. USC. They host Utah and then go on the road to Corvallis. So it's not like it just gets any easier from now. They still have some tough tests. Uh, So, you know, if they go on the way and, you know, go beat it, go through that schedule uh, and win uh, the national championship, then sure, yeah, we can have these conversations. But until they hold, you know, a national championship trophy and, you know, their first-round picks are what turn out to be, you know, the Jamar Chase, the Justin Jeffersons, the Joe Burrows of the world, can't really have these comparisons. It's just too early in the game. Well, we will have this comparison at the end of the season again <laughs> and see who was – if you know, how they fared. Uh, but before that, we got to get some upset picks. So here we go. So upset picks, what is this, week eight? Is the Marine? Yes, week eight. Uh, Tyler, let's get you started off. Uh... It's okay. Wade, we'll let you start it off. because Tyler's having <laughs> difficulties over there. All right. Uh, I think we've kind of been high on this team the last couple of weeks. I think Tyler picked them as his upset pick last week. So I'm going to roll off the momentum of Oklahoma State. I'm going to take them on the road over West Virginia. Uh, I know that this is a tough travel to Morgantown to play West Virginia, but these games always seem to be pretty high scoring. And I think Oklahoma State's hit their stride, and I think they can pull off the, the upset. Okay. I like it. I like They're it. They're three-and-a-half-point dogs, by the way. Okay, so it classifies as an upset. Tyler, what do we got? Yeah, I'm going to go to the biggest game of the weekend. I wish that Jacob was here because I'm finally going to give his team some praise on the show, and that is number seven, Penn State, going on the road to number three, Ohio State. It's a big noon kickoff. I've been saying it. Uh, you know, Penn State was my preseason Big Ten pick uh, to make it to the playoff, uh, so i got to keep it with it. I'm not going to go away from it. Uh, so I think that Penn State upsets Ohio State, so the Buckeyes set alert at home. Okay, watch out, uh, Ohio State. You got the Nittany Lions coming to take your title from you. I'm going down to the ACC. Um, this one's down in Tallahassee uh, in Seminole Stadium, whatever the heck you call that. Doke Campbell Stadium, according to ESPN. Um, give me Duke over Florida State. That's a little bit of a grudge pick. It's also a Riley Leonard comeback game. He's got the high ankle sprain, comeback. Put the team on his back, take down the number four ranked team in the country, storm their field. Like I said, that uh, who was it? Uh, South Carolina was going to do to Georgia. That it happened. It almost happened. But I think Duke's going to storm Florida State's field at, at Doke Campbell Stadium, more like Duke Campbell Stadium, and uh, give me give me the uh, Blue Devils to take down the Seminoles in this week's upset pick. So. Some quick picks looking around the uh, college football landscape. I mean, Army and LSU, I think we all agree LSU is going to take that one. Uh, Tyler, you mentioned Penn State, Ohio State. You pick Penn State. What, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Ohio State. I do like Penn State a lot, but I think Ohio State ekes it out. Okay, it's a big noon kickoff um, over on Fox. I'm an upset guy. Give me Penn State. I like the – like 
number seven versus number three. Penn State's ready to end Ohio State's winning streak. So uh, UCF, Oklahoma, probably don't even need to pick that. But Mackenzie Milton's going against his old school. So maybe there's some drama there. We all take an Oklahoma, or is anybody on the UCF train? No, uh, no American team has won since coming into the conference besides <laughs> Cincinnati. Houston yeah. pulled up. Houston got that. Uh, it wasn't oh, a conference true. game. Oh, but, yeah. Oh, it was a conference game. Was yeah. Houston pulled off the last second touchdown tip drill. That that was pretty wild. Um, I think that's so the I one think, I was thinking of. I think they're the only one to win a game so far. Are, so I'm, I'm going to stick with Oklahoma. <laughs> okay, Washington State and Oregon. Who do we got here, Tyler? Give me the Ducks to bounce back at home. Washington State is looking very, very bad after a hot start. Yeah, Ducks are a 20-point favorite. So, Wade, you going with them? Yeah, I'll go with Oregon, but I do think that line's a little high. Given the talent that we know Washington State can play with on offense. All right, we got Tennessee going down to Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Alabama is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, which is kind of surprising, but these are two very mediocre offenses after having two electric offenses last year. Um, battle of defenses. Wade, who do you got? I'm going to go with Alabama. Uh, I'm not too sure about that line. This is one where I would just pick it outright. I think that both offenses are pretty lethargic, but I kind of feel like it's going to be one of those games where – one team comes to play and the other doesn't, and it's not going to be a bunch of fireworks one way or another, but I could see Alabama winning this one like, I don't know, maybe 21 to 10 or something, but I could also see it being like 21 to 17. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's going to be a poor offensive performance uh, from both of them, and I think Alabama, just because it's at home, they're going to eke out the win. So, Tyler, what do you got, Alabama yeah. or the Volunteers? Yeah, I'll give it to Alabama, but I would probably – Tennessee to cover that line. It's a robbery game, uh, but I'm going to go with the Tide. Uh, they've been circling this one since last year, looking for some revenge. So, in a defensive battle, give me the Tide to survive. Okay. Uh, I picked Duke to beat Florida State. Y'all agree with me, or you think I'm crazy? Uh, I'm going to uh, go with the Noles. Yeah, I got to go with Florida State. <laughs> All right. I'm taking my receipts. I keep my receipts <laughs> like Dion. Um, Utah, USC. What do we got going on here? Hmm. Give me Utah. I think USC, this is where their road to – I think that they're their most overhyped team. You know, it was starting the Colorado, but I think that US, I think that Utah actually has a defense and a pull. So, so we'll see if Cam Rising's back. Uh, but I think that – I'm going to go back on the Utah train. I always pick Utah against USC. I mean, it won't really matter if Cam Rising plays or not because USC yeah. does not have a defense. Um, so, and Utah does, and we saw what happened with Caleb Williams last week. So, I'm going Utah also. Wade, what do you think? All right. Well, I'll take USC. I don't think the world's quite um, over for them. Maybe we'll see this team uh, bounce back. You know, if, if they have a lot to play for, and they just got punched in the mouth. So, can they respond, or are they going to make excuses like their coach likes to do? Uh, I give them the benefit, the benefit of the doubt with the playmaking ability of Caleb Williams. I think USC wins this one close, probably by about three. Okay. Okay. I like it. Um, one game we did not talk about, and I wanted to mention, it happened last Friday. Uh, Colorado and Stanford, prime time, losing. <laughs> uh, double, was it double overtime or just single overtime? Double. Uh, uh, another double overtime for them. They, they let up a 29 to nothing lead at half. Um, Shadur was not flexing in the student section with his Rolex. So, I mean, 
it was a fun hype train, but you could probably see Colorado finishing the season at five and seven, six and six. I mean, does anybody think they're really turning around at this point? No, I think over. they could go bowling. Yeah, I think they could win six games. Yeah, right? six and uh, six. Woohoo! They're gonna go hey, to that famous Idaho Potato Bowl, baby. We had very embarrassing to blow a twenty-nine point lead to one of the worst yeah. teams in the Pac-12. No, I agree with you there. Uh, we had the we had the over under at the beginning of the season at three and a half. Uh, they've got three. We just need to get them one more. <laughs> come on, come on, that. Dion. Yeah, don't let us down here. We just need one more out of you. So, um, but with that, we got to get to our new favorite segment, brought to you by our friends over at Wolf Spreads, Building Dad Bankroll. It's time for Building Dad Bankroll. Cha-ching, building that bankroll, brought to you, like I said, by our friends over at Wolf Spreads. Download the app free on the App Store, and you can uh, you can join our league. We didn't do too great this week. Uh, let me no. pull up the – none of us did good in the NFL. I think we were all in the negatives. Um, but it, it's fake money, man. We're, we're just – And it was a weird Sunday. Our, uh, our friend Joe uh, – Listener, if you're listening, thanks thanks for playing with us, Joe. He's actually leading the league right now um, with a profit this week. But where we made our money was in college football. We all finished positive. Uh, actually, all of us did finish positive. Look at there. Jacob bounced back from minus 2000 to $570 profit. So congratulations, <laughs> Jacob, uh, for, for getting that that uh, monkey off your back and, you, and you're back in the positive. So uh, best bet of the week. Let's start with you, Wade. What do you got? All right. The college, I'm assuming, first? Yes, let's go college. All right. Um, I'm going to take Ole Miss right now. They're only a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I think you should jump on that while you can. I think it will climb over a touchdown by kickoff. Uh, so right now, yeah, take the, the free money there, Ole Miss, to win by at least a touchdown. I think they double that, but take the six-and-a-half while you got it. Yeah, especially against Auburn, uh, which you saw LSU just beat by 30. Um, and Ole Miss's offense is just as electric. So, Tyler, who do you got for your college bet? I'll kick it to the Big Ten, go with the Iowa Hawkeyes to cover the three and a half versus Minnesota, a team that cannot score the football. And Iowa actually showed a pulse uh, against Wisconsin on the road at Camp Randall. The Kinnick, I think the world has been looking. I think that Iowa is starting to find their rhythm. And like I mentioned, I think that this is going to be the team that ultimately takes the Big Ten West, uh, especially that was a huge win over Wisconsin. Uh, so give me the Hawkeyes to continue momentum and cover the three and a half against the Gophers. Oh, Matty Ice likes your pick there, Wade, with the hottie What's toddy. Right, Matt Jones? <laughs> um, I like that that pick there, uh, what, uh, Tyler, with Iowa over the gold, go, Golden Gophers. I would also take the under. Uh, because I think Iowa has hit every underspread. Because their players bet on every underspread? That too. Uh, I mean, you had Caitlin Clark score more points in the Iowa Stadium one half than they did all last year, uh, if you if you saw the little exhibition game. In their home stadium. The stadium. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty embarrassing. Um, my college best bet, borrowed to you by Wolf Spreads, is going to be the same as my upset pick. Florida State's a 14-point favorite over Duke. I think this one's close. I don't think Florida State beats him by two touchdowns. But if Riley Leonard doesn't play, ignore everything I just said. Give me Duke plus 14. Hey, they're back. Florida State. Fine. 
I know, but I think we need Leonard in this game to really, to really pull off the upset. Exactly. He's going to be the difference maker. So uh, that's our college picks. Uh, let's start with you, Tyler, on your NFL pick for this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Washington Well, the last time we beat the Commanders did not work so well. They lost against the Bears. But the way that the Giants looked, you know, I know they did Buffalo well, uh, but they're coming back at home. Who knows if Daniel Jones will be back or not. Uh, but I think that the Commanders, they're coming off of a great victory on the road against Atlanta. Uh, so give me Washington. Uh, two points is very low, especially uh, in the NFC East battle. I think that Washington's offense uh, is just too complete uh, for the Giants to keep this one close. So I think Washington uh, wins this one pretty easily. Aren't the Giants favored by two? No. Is it the other way around? Okay. I was about to say, if that's the case, it's pretty money plus two. never going to be favored. <laughs> yeah. That, well, you never know. It's Washington. Uh, Wade, what do you got on the NFL side for us? All right. I'm going to go with the Lions. Uh, they're three-point dogs to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you can pick them out right if you want to. I think that's reasonable. But I could see this being under a three-point game, You know, maybe a two- or a one-point game. Um, even if it goes in the Ravens' favor. So I would take the Lions plus three in this one. It's a battle of two division leaders between Baltimore and Detroit. But I just really like what I've seen out of Detroit in this one, and I'm comfortable taking them as an outright winner as well. I just think this team is really good on offense. I know David Montgomery's out, but uh, Craig Reynolds and Jameer Gibbs should be just fine at running back, and we know they can throw it. So, yeah, I like the Lions uh, this Sunday. Hey, Lions sneaky pick for an NFC uh, championship run. I mean, they're putting it together over there with Matt Campbell. So uh, keep your eyes on them uh, come playoff season. My pick uh, for the NFL, which this, is, I mean, to me feels like free money. You got the Green Bay Packers going to Denver to face the ass Denver Broncos. <laughs> I'm talking they, they, they worst team Sean Payne's ever coached. You couldn't, like, throw – water onto a fire and catch some some electricity on that offense. Like this that metaphor made no sense. This that their offense makes no sense. Their defense makes no sense. You're telling me Green Bay is minus one? I I bet the house on it. I mean they they for sure win. They for sure cover. And I it mean, ends in a 17-17 tie. <laughs> that that would be something, wouldn't it? Um no I think Green Bay minus one is easy money. I'm sure that line's gonna change. It's Monday night. Uh, so get it while it's still hot, uh, and and just just root for Packer points. I mean, Jordan Love had a really bad game last week. I didn't. Were, were they on a buy this week? Yeah, they're on a buy. So maybe maybe he got it figured out during the bye week. It's probably just some technique he needed to tweak, right, to get to get back uh, in in his in his mode. And I think it goes on down. They've also Denver. been missing Aaron Jones, which is a, a big part of their offense. Definitely, he should definitely. be back as well. Yeah, so I think uh, I think Dem- Broncos minus one. Yeah, Tyler needs him for fantasy. I think Broncos. Uh, I'm sorry, what am I saying? Packers. Green Bay minus. Green one. Bay, let's Packers. ride. <laughs> yes, Green Bay, let's ride. Minus one, take him over the Broncos. The pack That's attack, our, baby. Roll That's with the our best. <laughs> Everything, just put it on Green Bay, no matter what you got. Uh, that's our best bets for the week uh, weekend coming up. Brought to you by our friends over at Wolf Spreads. Download their app; it's free in the App Store. Uh, join our league. We put the links up on our Twitter, so you can find it there at Sportscreen before. Join it, bet against us, um, and see who's who's got the best uh, gamble in mind 
without risking any actual cash. So uh, with that, we got to get to who got that dog in. Who got that dog in them? A fan favorite. I see Matty Ice lurking in the chat. I've already got the comment section pulled up. I'm waiting for the Matty Ice who got that dog in him segment. And if he doesn't send it in, I'm going to be very disappointed. Um, so, Matt, this is a personal call out that you got to send in a dog dog of the week. Um, let's start with you, Wade. What do you got for who got that dog in him? All right. I'm going to go with an old dog showing us new tricks. I'm going to go with Adam Thielen of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I was a little skeptical of Carolina giving him $25 million at age 33. That's a lot. It it has provided a very nice security blanket for young rookie quarterback Bryce Young. Adam Thielen has been wide receiver number three in fantasy football and I think probably in receiving yards in the NFL um, for the Carolina Panthers. So a bright spot there for otherwise really bad season. But how about Adam Thielen uh, showing us that he's still got that dog in him this late in his career? You know, it kind of looked like he had lost a step with the Vikings, but the the new scenery has been very good for the the vet. I'm looking. Is he a free agent in our league? No, he's not. Dang it. No, uh, of course, Matty Ice has him. He, he's out here. <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt will agree with my dog pick right there because yes. he's gotten him three straight 20-point games. Actually, we play full PPR, so maybe even 30-point games. That's hard to hard to see that one coming, but he's got that dog in. No, oh, definitely, and uh, so that that's a good one. I saw the touchdown he scored. Did you see the Panthers punter headbutt the <laughs> defensive player? I mean, walked up and just like yammed him and was like, "Get out of my face, dude!" I was like, "All right, watch that's out." That's called the gotten the dog in him too. Yeah, I don't know what his name is, but he if I knew Johnny it, Johnny would be my pick. He's yeah, the one that did all those crazy fakes back in the day when the the Rams were making their. Uh, their run in the Super Bowl year. Okay, well, he's he's headbutt fools left and right. So, Tyler, who's your pick for dog of the week? Yeah, this is pure dog in him, especially after the NCAA organization, uh, you know, tried to screw up this man's elite. And that is North Carolina wide receiver Tez Walker. He had an absolute game against Miami. Uh, this North Carolina team, if you want like a sneaky pick of a team to possibly make the college football playoff, it would be North Carolina. I think that they're absolutely rolling. Their defense is rolling. But Mr. Tez had six catches, 132 yards, and three touchdowns. So Tez Walker got that dog in him. Yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't even going to be able to play this season. And he ends up uh, – they end up granting him eligibility, which it was kind of BS that he didn't have it to begin with. Yeah. Uh, and he goes off first game back. So I like the mm-hmm. pick. I like the pick. Mine, uh, I mentioned earlier the big Phoenix energy, Michael Phoenix Jr. or Penix, however you say his name. Yes, that's Desmond Howard. But you know, Des, you know, Howard, like on game Howard. They uh he said it. I don't think did Pat McAfee say something, or it was one oh, of the other boy, guys. I, it. I mean, they were having a field day with this, but I mean <laughs> 300 yards, four touchdowns. People are calling it his Heisman moment, uh, taking down Oregon. So that's my pick for dog of the week. I mean, he more just the, uh, you know, landing said, I'm not going to punt the ball. I'm going to, I'm going to go for it. And if we turn it over, I don't think Washington's going to score. And Penix said, hold my beer. I'm scoring in three plays, easy money, no problem for us. So I wouldn't give the, one of the best quarterbacks in college football, a short field, especially with two minutes left in the game. I'd be putting that thing on a one-yard line 
or at least make it a touchback, make him go 80 yards, not 50. So Michael Penix is mine. Uh, we'll see if Matty Ice comes through. If he doesn't, you know, I don't know what to say. Uh, he can piggyback off uh, Thielen since he probably got him that win. Yeah, he's uh, he messaged me, said he's typing. He must have a long one. Uh, so we'll see what he comes up with. But while we wait, uh, we got to get into our NFL talk for the week. Um, there's a game going on right now with the Cowboys and the Chargers. Let's see what that uh, that live score is for everybody. 7-7. Um, which means what happened to the lose. offensive game we were supposed to have? I need a big defense oh, here it game is. from Dallas. Okay, I need I need a big. Oh, we got the dog of the week. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> who got that dog in him? You want to know who got that dog in him? I'm going with Alan Lazard. He did. I watched that oh, live. Yeah, gosh, he laid to smack down on a blindside block, and it got called back. But heck of an intercept, or heck of it, he did. He laid this this man out and- cold. You see, that was a weird play because they say it's a free play, right, on a yeah. offsides. But I guess if you get a um, 15-yard penalty for, like, unnecessary roughness or, like, a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, why is that not waived? Because it's a free play, right? Like, it should be like, I if that happens, the play didn't happen. Yeah, you just you just go back. And, and instead, they lost they yards on the play. Yeah. Because the offsides was five yards and this was fifteen, so then they backed him up ten yards when it was supposed to be a free play to be. But they made like a thirty-yard reception. Yes, it made no sense, and it was um. My wife was about to have a coronary because she had Garrett Wilson and he caught the ball. She was in like a very tight fantasy game against Mallory, and I was like, "Well, I don't know why they just took away his twenty-yard catch, but they're now ten yards back." Yeah, and I'm pissed too because I have Garrett Wilson in our other league, and I'm going to lose by two points when he had a freaking 30 yard reception that got taken back because Alan Lazard had to lay the hammer down. Yeah, he had to lay the hammer down on this poor guy. I mean, he just got like table folded. I mean, the two just went down. Um, But I like it. I like it, Matt. We we picked big performers, and he picked somebody who got a penalty. He picked a goon, Um, like a hockey goon. Yeah, you got Hecker on the Panthers, and you got Allen Lazard just laying out fools. Uh, so, I mean, we can talk about it. The Jets beat the Eagles. The the last undefeated team in the NFL is now has one loss. Taylor Swift was not there amongst the rumors to go watch Jason Kelsey play. Um, so, Travis no shocker was. there. She was Travis. You see, he was kind of incognito on the sideline. He was in a green jumpsuit. He had shades on. Whatever Fox showed him, he said Jason's brother. <laughs> not Taylor's <laughs> boyfriend? Are they? Yeah, uh, I was surprised I didn't there? go with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you if you look at it, the Jets have sneaky beat some, or not beat, but played some hard games against really good quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes struggled. Uh, Jalen Hurts struggled. Um, they beat Josh Allen week one. I mean, the man threw four picks. Uh, who, who else am I missing um, that they played? Their defense is here, right? Well, I mean, yeah, one they beat Josh Allen. Um, yeah, I mean they've they're making up for the slack that Aaron Rodgers has left behind. And how about Aaron Rodgers out there throwing and walking? The man had an ACL detached, turned into dust four weeks ago, and now he's out. He's had surgery. He's out there walking around without crutches. He's throwing the football. Can we see him before the season's up? I mean, I know you all are two flags on him and let him. Just play flag football back there at QB. I mean, 
he's probably got the best chance at throwing a deep ball on the team still. Yeah, I mean, the the rumor was that Rodgers said that the sounds of Dolphins mating really helped he, uh, heal his Achilles and further along that healing process. All right, he's just making uh, stuff up now. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I mean, he's out there. Did he ever tear his Achilles? I mean, was that all big, maybe big pharma? He's calling out the, uh, you know, Pfizer and, and Travis Kelsey. Maybe this is also big conspiracy theory. And Rogers is going to come back in two months and play. Uh, so it's all about. I mean, next time I get hurt, Dolphins are going on, man. We're, we're just going to listen to it, see what happens. Um, heal, heal the sickness there. Uh, but looking around the league, I mean, I don't think the Jets are making playoffs. Uh, but that would be when Rodgers would probably return or maybe earlier. I mean, they got a defense to do it. Um, another upset, another unbeaten has fallen. The Browns and their little elf mascot pull off the upset against the 49ers. Anybody, did either of y'all watch that game? No, I bit. watched yeah. uh, the end of it. Yeah, Brock Purdy, uh, you know, his seven fantasy points he gave me. So appreciate that, Brock. Hey, he got uh, them he- down the field ready to win the game. And uh, kickers, we brought it up earlier. The rookie pushed it wide. But that's a tough place to kick. Cleveland right on the lake in the cold. Well, I saw a TikTok of a Browns fan. He's in his living room, and he's holding a fan up, to, <laughs> blowing to the right, watching the game. And the kicker missed it, and the dude went bananas. So for all those people that say, well, we do – what we do in the living room doesn't matter. It definitely does. When I say I have to switch seats because the offense isn't performing, it's not going to help Saints. It helps LSU. It doesn't matter. I know it's superstitious, and you're not supposed to be superstitious. Uh, but I think I think this one guy in Cleveland had had sole reason for uh, for the 49ers kicker to miss that field goal. So, Tyler, what what's a what's a weird superstition you do? Can you think of something off the top of your head here? I mean, I know we're all living together swapped uh seats uh if you know yeah. you're winning or losing in a wardrobe you know if uh, if i wore like change really. boss, not wearing it again so yeah i'm very i'm only really superstitious when it comes to sports outside of that not really well i know wade's out there jumping over cracks not knocking on wood he's like <laughs> throwing salt behind his shoulder i mean he's a he's a crazy guy um uh, but we're not gonna let him defend himself we're gonna move on to the saints oh god no offense um cameron texted me and said hey you going to houston to watch, catch the saints texas game it's like why would i drive three hours to watch an ass offense uh i could go watch the future rookie of the year and cj stroud uh but i decided not to show up uh, i mean our two louisiana boys let's start with wade is it time to get rid of somebody whether it be dennis allen or p carmichael yes it was time three years ago i don't know why they're holding on to the last little Bits of fabric of the Sean Payton quilt because it's over. I mean, the offense doesn't work. I've been saying it. Look in Denver. Sean Payton can't run his offense there. It's antiquated. It worked with Drew Brees. It was a good run. But Pete Carmichael can't run it in New Orleans. Payton can't run his own offense. They just both teams need the clean house of that. And uh, Dennis Allen probably needs to go as well. And it's a good Quarterback draft class coming up, I fully do expect the Saints to at least invest in a maybe a future uh, quarterback. Not saying Derek Carr can't be the guy the next year or two. Um, I still think he is capable. Um, but, yeah, I would suspect Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas to both leave this year, and, and you just build 
build upon uh, Chris Olave and try to get him back on, on track and, and Rashid Shahid uh, and the youth behind this team. Well, so here's where I disagree with you. I would honestly keep Michael Thomas over Chris Olave after the past couple of weeks and just the lack of effort Olave is kind of showing. This is a very uh, – who's the receiver, uh, Brandon Cooks-esque performance he's putting out there. He kind of just looks like he doesn't care when he's on the field. He's not – I was telling Matt about this. There was two or three balls that were thrown in his direction that he could have made a play for, and he just – they went over his head, and he was like, whatever, I'll jog back. And he does seem very frustrated, and it seems like Michael Thomas is back fully healthy, and he's playing physical. Same with Alvin Kamara. Um, the two of them oh, yeah, are they really look great. Old. They're just old. Uh, I mean, Kamara's what? His eighth year? Or is he younger than that? 27. So he's probably got a couple more good years left. I mean, he still looks great. You could probably get a lot of draft capital for him or some potential players. But I think you got to make the coaching change first because you got the personnel. I mean, that's what Jameis Winston was telling Kamara. On sideline, he was like, "Look, man, we got the players. Pete and that can be made in season. Yeah, I mean, you just need a fire car, Michael, and just bring in somebody else. Uh, I mean, Tyler, what, what's your solution here for the Saints? We'll get ready because this is about to be a long one. Uh, but we'll you know, if you're trying to tell me that Dennis Allen is a damn good coach, he's 18 and 41. He could not win in Vegas, and he's never ever going to win with New Orleans, especially with the talent." You're telling me that Derek Carr throws for 353 passing yards and you only get 13 points. Mr. Pete Carmichael, he's more like Mr. Settle for a field goal, but you can't really settle for a field goal because, you know, Blake missed two field goals. So you're this literally this coaching staff made all of the worst decisions ever. You get rid of Will Lutz. Will Lutz was doing and you get rid of Blake Gillikin, your punter. I know that, you know, you got the tatted boy from Miami. He's doing fine. A him, uh, but you have all this offensive talent it's really going down the drain. You know, your defense is really the why of two, like three wins on the season. Let's be honest with you. The offense outside New England game, but New England is so bad the way that they've been looking. Uh, but what really irked me was what Dennis Allen said uh, literally to his players in the locker room like, oh, we got to, our players got to do their job better. Buddy, you got to do no, your job coaching. better. You cannot coach worth a damn because I've had so many instances in that game where he had two timeouts and he just lets the clock run. Like, especially whenever they're on that last drive, it would just – Yeah, they the didn't call it single kept timeout. on going. Like, oh, let me just use my timeouts. Like, no, this guy is clueless. This guy is leaderless. Michael, I'm just over the Sean Payton era. Can we just, like, get rid of them? So we can just start fresh. I don't think it's really on Derek Carr. I think it's all on Dennis Sound. It goes all the way back, back to the head coach. I'm so sick of all these head coaches saying oh, all these stupid ass excuses. You can go all the way to the college days with the way that Shane Beamer is doing with South Carolina. It's this crap. Jimbo's doing the same crap. Dennis Sound's doing the same crap. You're just the loser. Sorry, franchise that you have with this damn head coach. And it's never going to change unless you get somebody who actually knows how to coach up these guys. Like, all these players are going to waste. It really is. It's really unacceptable, especially the way that division's looking. You know, Tampa Bay looked good, and they beat the shit out of you. You know, Atlanta, the way that they've been looking, you know, they have all the offenses, the defense. Like, it is just so 
downright like it it's not gonna change unless you get out of these guys like i mean houston beat the crap out of you and that's i'm cracking up because you go you go come in he could be the the new coach i mean they interviewed him only two years in a row his offense definitely looks better yeah but i'm just over this team I'm not. Him, I'm about to stop Allen. watching until they fire somebody, because this is Dennis Allen, loser. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, when he wears the sweats with the uh, tapered jogger pants, he looks like somebody's dad wandering around in the Metairie Walmart, uh, just clueless, and probably yeah, deserves who, to watch the game. Who thought that a defensive coordinator would be a good hire? Nobody. Sean Payton did. Sean Payton absolutely tried to screw. Yeah. Well, Sean Payton left his team in an absolute dumpster fire. It's like you. It's if you want to compare this situation, it's like LSU with Coach O. Your leader he really oh, didn't. Though. It's just the Saints are trying to hold on to 2011, and it's like you yeah. got to move on. It's 12 years later. Hey, Joe Brady, ring, ring. You want a shot at being yeah. a head coach? <laughs> Give, who give knows who is even want to come to this team, but yeah, Saints well, are going to be bad for a long time. Well, I mean, let's you have a top defense in the NFL, right? You have the you roster. Got, you have the roster. It's just you don't have the coaches. And what I agree with you, Tyler. What drives me up the wall is when the coaches blame the players. Shane Beamer's oh, worse. It, I on him. Yeah, especially in college. That's that's one hundred percent on the college coach. In the NFL, these are professional athletes, you can put some blame on them. But the last drive, when the Saints had a chance to tie the game, the four play calls that were called. All to the end zone. I mean, what are we playing, Madden, just run four verticals? No, you just – they were 25 yards away. You're telling me you can't run Michael Thomas on a slant, probably call an Alvin Kamara screen, to be honest oh, with you. The P. Carmichael I mean, specialty is to dump it off to Alvin Kamara when it's fourth and five. Like, that's going to give you anything. Yeah. It's, it's just uh, – well, I was I'm, shocked. I'm over it. <laughs> I, I think, that's, this is the last time that we're talking about this team until a change is happening. Okay. I like it. My alliance has moved from the New Orleans Saints to the Houston Texans. We're all Texans going to the Bengals. Oh, maybe go to the Bengals. I lived in hey, – I've been bandwagoning for the last six years, maybe. Hopping off I mean, the ship, back up to Cincinnati. <laughs> my, uh, my wife asked, she was like, why do we root for the Saints instead of the Texans? I was like – what do you mean? She goes, we lived in Houston. We didn't live in New Orleans. And I was like, that's a very good point. So, yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. Houston, Houston, right 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 one now, in five, you wouldn't be saying that. Better head coach. I mean, the, Houston has a defensive – they hired a defensive coordinator, but at least he knows what the hell he's doing on the sidelines. And they got a rookie quarterback that's got, yep. got some pop to him. I agree coach. with you, Wade. Derek Carr Panthers is – missed out. They should have oh, just took out. They probably they, went 0 for 3 because Richardson has some potential too. They don't even yeah. get a first-round pick, and they're going to be 0 and 6. It goes right to the Bears. Yeah, so um, the I, I'm with you, Wade, on – I forgot what I was with you on. You said Derek Carr. Like yes, Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback, okay? Like Tyler said, 350 it's not, yards. It's not a quarterback, though, that's going to win you in Lombardi. Oh, no. He's not even a, quarterback that you hold on it's the end of his career he, he's riding his time out the saints have to draft somebody this year probably one of the best quarterback classes in the you past have to it's game. a loaded class yeah um uh, maybe just tank for caleb williams can we do that <laughs> that's out of the question now Teams are already have... ahead of you in that department the Penix or Knicks or 
Drake. I hear Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas just scream draft Jimmy capital. JD5 in New Orleans. No, yeah, JJ. Was... He, could, he could fall all the way down to the second round. I mean, round. He, he reminds me so much of Lamar. But he's, he's a better passer than Lamar, I think. I think Lamar just don't have just doesn't have any weapons to help him outside of Mark Andrews. Yeah, hey, put Lamar on the Saints, we'd be winning. The well, Saints. the Ravens and the Saints run essentially the same offense. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jane Daniels, I think, would be great on the Saints. Put about thirty pounds of muscle on him so he can take those hits because Still he might slide. take him in college. Yeah, he might take him in college and get up, but he's going to get murdered in the NFL uh, when you got a yeah. linebacker, Alan Lazard, not even a defender. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Um, that's our little Saints rant. We won't spend all day. Shout out, Lyndon. Your Houston Texans yep. won, even though you probably cheer for the Cowboys. Uh, but there you go. Uh, Lions, I mentioned earlier, sneaky team to win the NFC. They beat the Bucks. They moved to 5-1. I mean, what do you see from Matt Campbell and the Lions, Tyler? Yeah, I think that this is definitely a squad that's going to be in contention. Uh, you know, the way the NFC North is looking, it's looking like a runaway you know, the Vikings, who saw them starting the season two and four. With Justin Jefferson out for the season, you know, it's the majority of their offense out. They have to rely on guys like Wait, out for the season. And, and Jordan Addison. What? Jordan Jefferson, just Jefferson out for the season. I no, he's out for like four to six weeks. Okay. It's, I was like, like, whoa. Out for my fantasy season. It's out yeah, for the majority. It's more of that the Vikings right now need him for this, I guess, a playoff run. Uh, but yeah. I think the Lions are honestly, you know, I'm not really going to look too much in the 49ers and the Eagles losing. You know, it's definitely very challenging to stay undefeated. Uh, but, yeah, the Lions got a very quality win. I picked against them. I'm not picking against them anymore, especially with majority of my team being the Lions in one league. So, yeah, maybe I should just be a Lions fan right now and root for them since I have majority of my stock on them. But, yeah, I'm in Raw. Had another solid game. Jared Goff, uh, it's really starting to play well. I think that what's really one of them ball games that defense. I think that that defense is definitely one of the best in the NFC. So, yeah, honestly, I'm rooting for them to go all the way. I like it. I mean, it's one of those feel-good stories from hard knocks. They bounce back. You, I mean, how are you not like – Maybe they'll win more? on Thanksgiving for once. Who do they – do they play Green Bay? Oh, I, will need, I need a check. Mm, check I think they now. played the, Ca- the Dallas Cowboys. I would take the Lions all day. Um, oh, the Packers. Oh, the Packers. They do play Green Bay. It's back. It, that's the tradition. I, I, I say Lions win it this year. Yeah. Um, Tyler, get your fantasy football corner ready because we're about to throw it to it. Um, but Bills win a defensive battle against the Giants in a late no call in the end zone. Wait, pass interference or not? I don't know. If um, you saw the call. I think yeah, it probably does need to be called. Uh, but honestly, if you're the Giants, you had a shot on it. Uh, that was your second second play, second shot to the end zone. The first one was called. You kind of knew the officials were going to let it slide. The second go around, uh, I don't love it or hate it either way, but you got to execute better if you're the Giants. And you get down to the one-yard line twice. I mean, if they would have executed in the first half, they would have had a game-winning field goal um, you know, in the bag. So can't really go after the refs, in my opinion. No, I agree with you. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of those times that you just gotta. You would like the the, the penalty we called, right? Uh, but it just didn't happen. Uh, we had so we had a little technical difficulty here with Tyler. Let's let's get him back in here um, to get to our fantasy football corner. Tyler, you ready? You ready to rock and roll? 
Yep, I am ready to rock and roll. We're headed on to week number seven, and we're going to get into a quarterback playing absolutely right now against the Dallas Cowboys. That game right now is ten to seven. Dallas is leading, so now we will turn our attention. The week starts off early on Thursday night against the Jags uh, and the Saints, uh, so definitely be sure to lock in those lineups. That way you get the maximum number of points. Okay, let's get into week number. For seven quarterback stars, going to be Justin Herbert. Love the Chargers. You know, they're going up against the Chiefs secondary, which I have definitely been proving. But I think that matchup is between two of the best quarterbacks in the league with Justin Herbert and also Patrick Mahomes. So I think that this is going to be another barn burner, probably like a 31-24 type of game. I think that both offenses are going to shine. Uh, so give me Justin Herbert, especially with the weapons that he has. You know, Keaton Allen. He's been the leading target, Austin Eckler. He missed out on a couple of weeks. Uh, he's back to healthy. Uh, so I think that if the Chiefs, uh, you know, want to hang on with this one, Justin Herbert, you know, if the Chargers want to pull off the upset, Justin Herbert's going to have to have a very solid game. Uh, so I think that in a shootout, Justin Herbert should have his fair share of fantasy points in week number seven. Okay, let's go on now to the running back start of the week. And let's go to Josh Jacobs. You are going to absolutely salivate at what this matchup is. He's going up against one of the worst defenses in the league. And that is, uh, I believe that is the Denver Broncos, uh, if I'm correct. Uh, yes, it is. Going up against the Denver Broncos. Actually, no, going up against the Bears. Sorry, I got it mixed up. Going up against the Bears, but that's also one of the worst uh, rush defenses uh, in the league. Coming off of a game where he didn't score a touchdown, uh, but he had 25 attempts and 77 yards. Uh, so, I think uh, if you're really waiting on uh, Josh Jacobs uh, to score you uh, a couple of touchdowns, it's got to be on the road when they go on to Chicago. Uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's healthy and ready to go, I think that this Raiders team uh, is going to run away with this one. Chicago just hasn't really shown much on the defensive side of the ball, doesn't really have any answers. So I think uh, Josh Jacobs uh, is going to do his fair share, both in the rushing department and also the game. So this is the game, uh, you know, you, you draft – on and this is the the matchup that you've been waiting for is a, a defense that he can really go off for you so josh jacobs is a lock for the start of the week in the running back position like going on to the wide receiver start i know i'm not biased we're just going to go with the hot streak of amon ross st brown it is a tough matchup going up against baltimore's defense especially in baltimore but like i mentioned i'm not picking against the lions uh, anymore especially the way that this offense has been rolling. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown is the leader. Uh, you know, the way that Jared Goff has been playing, you really have to trust this uh, offense. You know, David Montgomery, he's out. J Jameer Gibbs, he's also a, bit, a little bit banged up. So this has been more of a pass-heavy attack. Look for that to continue against a Ravens secondary. That was strong against the Titans, but the Titans didn't really have uh, really a vaunted pass uh, offense that the Lions has. So I think that the Ravens defense will be tested. Uh, so look for Amon Ra to have another great game against a tough defense. Okay, on now to the quarterback sit of the week, and it's going to be Derek Carr. Don't really like this matchup for Carr in the Saints against the Jaguars defense. Uh, that has looked phenomenal. So it's probably going to be more of a low-scored matchup, uh, especially on Thursday night, both teams uh, uh, coming off of a short week. So, uh, you know, the way that the Saints offense has been pretty vanilla offense can't really trust uh, you know Derek Carr he's coming off of a, a good game you know 353 yards uh in a touchdown uh, but it's very hit and miss uh, with the Saints offense so uh 
I would wait for a better matchup for Derek Carr in the Saints offense, especially against a very talented secondary in the Jaguars. Let's go on now to the running back sit of the week, and Jacob's going to hate me. I feel like it's been three straight weeks where I've been sitting one of his starting running backs, but uh, Alexander Madison and the Minnesota Vikings, a tough matchup on Monday night against the San Francisco rush defense. San Fran's got one of the best rushing attacks uh, in the league, so I would definitely stay away from that. Madison also hasn't been too good either, especially the way uh, that he's been looking. Only 18 attempts, 44 yards. That's not exactly what we're looking for, especially when you drafted him to be your RB1 or RB2. Uh, so even, you know, with Justin Jefferson being banged up, don't really trust this. It's probably going to be a tough matchup for Minnesota to win, especially with San Francisco coming off of the loss. They are going to be motivated to get back on track. Uh, so sit Alexander Madison uh, this week against a very tough defensive matchup against San Fran. Last one is going to be the wide receiver sit of the week. And I, I just can't get a grasp of what is going on with Jahan Dotson. He was one of my breakout candidates going into the season. That in the case. And that is right coming off of a game where he didn't have – anything zero fantasy points no yardage uh Terry, it is the terry mclaurin show uh for the washington here so if you're a mclaurin a fantasy owner definitely start him this week against the giants i know that the giants secondary looked very good last night against the buffalo bills uh, but i think that this washington commander's uh, passing attack is really hitting on all cylinders uh, eric Bennett, uh you know the offense coordinator he's calling up the plays uh, so john dotson He's just not doing too good. Uh, so really the only wide receiver I can trust on this offense is Tarek McLaurin. Curtis Samuel, he had uh, that one good game, uh, but he's really been inconsistent. Uh, so I would leave Jahan Dotson. Honestly, I probably would just cut Jahan Dotson at this rate because he hasn't really shown much. So that is your wide receiver sit of the week, and that is your starts and sits heading into week number seven. Well, Tyler, I like it. I like it because you mentioned starting Josh Jacobs, which I yep. will for sure be doing. I will be starting Terry McLaurin. Um, Scary Terry season over on Chet's fantasy team. Um, and I think the the Derek Carr one, that uh, Alexa's got to find a new quarterback considering Trevor Lawrence is potentially not going to play Thursday. So we'll stay away from Derek Carr. Uh, for your best fantasy matchups, though, hit up Tyler. He'll give you all the insights and tips. Uh that kind of that kind of hits our football talk. I want to talk about the uh, the baseball playoffs. Astros take an early uh, 2-0 deficit to the Texas Rangers. Not looking great for the Astros. Um, I still believe that they're, they're going to come back. I got faith in my Astros. Maybe they'll take it in five or seven games. We'll see. Um, what do y'all think? You think the Rangers are going to run away with this one and go undefeated in the postseason? I'll give it to our baseball expert. <laughs> I don't see him going undefeated, but I do see him taking this series four to one. I think Houston's too good to get swept. Um, but yeah, Dallas uh, or the Rangers rather, uh, they just are on fire. We knew the bats could come to play, but they did a great job at the trade deadline. They got Jordan Montgomery, who's really been an ace for them, as well as uh, easing Max Scherzer back into it. We saw or we'll see him um, in the next game. And uh, Nathan Avaldi, he came back from injury too. So uh, this, this team is built to win now, and, and they spent a lot of money in the offseason, and it's finally come into fruition. 
uh, uh, for the Rangers. And then on the other side, I just think the Phillies are just going to absolutely manhandle the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks were a good story, but I just think right now they're going to run out of gas here. And I think we're going to be in for a lot of offense in the uh, the World Series between the Phillies and the Rangers potentially. I would love to see the Phillies back into the World Series and lose back-to-back years. That would be the – Make my heart happy. Yes. Um, <laughs> that that would be great. Uh, it better if it was – I'm Nashville, good with that but... too because I didn't have a baseball team I didn't like in a long time, and now it's the Phillies. It used to be the Yankees, but now it's the Phillies. Well, that's that's the Philadelphia persona. They want the people to hate them. I mean, they, they play into it very well between their players and their fans. So I give it to you, Philly. You're doing a good thing. Um, we've got an Ask Neal update came through the interwebs earlier today. Uh, let me get, get reading on this one here uh, before we close out the show. Uh, Kyle Larson gets the win out at Vegas, not just on the slots, but on the course or the track, I should say. Uh, locks himself into the championship four. Um, it's a huge advantage for him because now the next two, few races don't really matter and they are able to get his car ready for Phoenix. Um, he was able to dominate stage one, leading most of the stage. And got the stage win with Bell and Truex running the top three. A late caution caused by Eric Jones brings out a, brings uh, multiple drivers making different tire calls, and some putting on scuffs, and other t- others take two or four different tires. Truex opts to stay out of the stage break on old tires and quickly fades back to the mid-teens. Caution comes out on lap one ten with uh, Husavar. I think that's how you say it. Not really sure there. Um, blowing a right rear tire, allowing Truex to get fresh tires and potentially move back up to the front. Uh, Larson continued to dominate stage two and got stage two in. The Bell, Bell and Hamlin also had good finishes in that stage. Uh, but solid battle in stage three for the lead between Bell and Chastain. And uh, every time Chastain was able to close the gap, Bell managed to pull away, uh, allowing uh, Brad Larson to close the gap on two. And lap. 35, Chastain gets loose and shoots up the track and falls back to fourth and a massive battle for the lead between Larson and Bell over the last 10 laps with Bell getting to his right rear as they take the the checkered flag. Um, Ryan Blaney was initially DQ'd from this race due to an illegal spring but was later rescinded Monday afternoon after NASCAR determined it was a racing wear that caused it to not meet tolerance. So NASCAR Neil getting the behind the scenes and the drama going on with the with the springs and the tires and the motors. And he's ready uh, for Phoenix in a couple weeks for that championship race. So appreciate it, Neil, as always. Uh, gentlemen, I think that pretty much wraps up the show. Anything else uh, from the sports world? Nope. Yeah. NASCAR Neil, you got to be ready for football too. He's making his return to the LSU equipment room. They're having their little uh, homecoming reunion. He's going to come to town and we're going to take on the game. So We'll have a, another good recap. I'm looking forward to the Army game. I think there'll be a really cool flyover is what I would assume. And who knows? Maybe even some uh, alternate uniforms. NASCAR, Neil? Yeah, got the maybe so. <laughs> White, purple, uh, white. Yeah, we pulled out the stops against Mississippi State a couple of years ago. Why not pull it out for our Army? Get those, like, purplish, bluish helmet things. Yeah, the iridescent uh, helmets. Yeah, the uh, – the what was it? The uh, – the fallen soldier uniforms, I think is what they called them. That yeah, would be the old sick. war school. Exactly. So uh, with that, that ends the, the show. Make sure to leave us a review, comment, subscribe, all the fun stuff. You can find us everywhere. Find us on Twitter at Sports Ramble 4. Uh, make sure you tune in to College Football Coast to Coast every Saturday up on our YouTube and, of course, SEC Talks on Sunday nights. 
Um, we hope you all have a wonderful and blessed week. We root for your sports team unless you're the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, and go Tigers. Catch you all next time.